0: Welcome, welcome everybody! It's episode three hundred and eighty-nine of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, aka the Pod God, Shawnee Podcast, whatever you want to call me. Joined today by the harp lager of Irish MMA media, Graham MacDonald, uh, as we talk about Jesus. What a what a nice last Saturday uh, in the world of mixed martial arts, and we'll be talking about more after that as well, but. Absolute craziness. Before we get into all of it, it's never too early to start playing the Christmas music. It's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or friends in your pants, you can make this season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do a little drummer boy a f- little uh, favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top of the line shower products to have the people thinking all they want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack and you should too. Look nice when you get naughty by going to Manscaped.com and using the pro to severe MMA for 20% off and free shipping. As well. Myself and Graham have been using it since before last Christmas, and i I I'll tell you what, it served us well because Manscaped's Platinum Package four point uh is is brilliant. It's a one stop shop for any man who deserves it all this Christmas. You know, you could deck your balls from you know <laughs> taste the balls for this mistletoe season. The uh, the Platinum Package has each product from the best selling performance package plus ultra premium body wash ultra premium 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner and ultra premium deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from the your Santa hat to your candy cane. Uh, the Lawn Mower 4.0 body trimmer and weed whacker nose and your hair trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate presence plus uh, Bore or waterproof, so there's no issue if you want to uh, uh, use it in the, uh, in the shower or anything like that. There's also a 4000K LED light on it uh, so you can uh, light the way for Rudolph and he's on his way in. Uh, now that you've groomed your candy cane it's time to make sure... We call them candy canes here as well, you know, we don't use, use the word candy, but we do call them candy canes don't we? Yeah, so, I know, we were, sweet sweet canes we call them. It's time to make sure you don't like... Uh, uh, you don't smell like rain there with the platinum package of shower products. Actually, I have some of them on the way, so I'll let you know what they're like next week, lads. Tune in. <laughs> uh, all of Bandscape's shower gear is sulfur-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. But smelling good doesn't stop at the shower. The crop of volume, proper viver, which I've had for a long time and absolutely love, uh, can solve stank problems all day long. Uh, once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. The platinum patch 4.0. The Platinum Package 4.0 Sitting under the tree Is guaranteed to put someone In the Holiday Spirit A few Holiday spirits To be nice now, actually A bit of an old, an old Whiskey or something Be lovely And for the perfect Stocking stuffer uh, Adding the brand new Body buffer An incredible body scrubber That makes it Foliating easy And a lot Oh I'm one of them lads and a cleaner than an old loofah. I, I you know I love an old loofah and one of them, they're brilliant. But this one I'm sure is great. I haven't seen it yet actually. Need that one now. Manscaped have to lash it out. Anyway, get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code severem at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code SevereMMA MMA. Manscaped. Get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. All right, Graham. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get straight into it. It was a it was a mad night. It was a mad, mad night. Uh, one of the greatest cards in USC history. It was a not a great one for like proclaiming that because I find it very hard to remember them. But for this not to be, I think would would be a bit, uh, <laughs> you know, would be a bit outside the box. It definitely one of the best of the year, anyway. And look, best in terms of finishes. Now there there wasn't like. Many classic fights. There was a classic finish in the main event. The, I suppose the Parry. Well, that's just the Parry. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was. I actually I don't know why I was in a classic fight. It was in a very interesting fight, and a very very good fight. But when you look at some of, even some of the other Parry fights, or even some of the other Chandler fights, it probably doesn't stack up, you know, against him. But I haven't said that. A very good. Actually, a, a fight that I kind of predicted on the preview show that it'd be like that. It's maybe not as amazing as everyone thought, but still like really good and a, an extra bit of tactics. To- I I feel like, you know, if I had to pick a team of the night, I think it was like, some fighters trying to be tactically more aware, it going massively against them, and then they lose. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we've spent the last it's twenty nine years. The birthday of the, the UFC was yesterday. We spent twenty nine years getting away from that. Just going in there, throwing a few paws, you know, and uh, we have to be tactical, we have to be technical, and then you just chew it all out the window. <laughs> UFC if you see, two it, one. If you're trying to be technical, if you're trying to be tactical, it's just going against. Going Going to go against you, you are not going to win it, and that—that uh, that to me was the what's the case here for a lot of these. But what a night, a magical night ended the way it ended. i will be honest, Graham. Before we get into like, I, I've been, I haven't been enjoying the UFC that much recently. You know, we did a podcast there was it last week or two weeks ago where we just like, kind of ignored the UFC card and we talked about uh, it was last week actually. We talked about this card and we talked about obviously the big Cage Warriors card from last week as well, just because like the UFC. At, at, and this is me personally And if you disagree with me Or if you feel uh, differently in, in the way you look at it Fair enough But like It just isn't as appealing to me As it once was And I needed something like this Honestly I need, I needed something To kind of remind me Why I love the UFC I still love MMA And I still love, But the UFC just seems to be Such a drag recently And this Followed by actually Coming up in three events time I think there's like a month off I, I I just hope we start the new year next year and we'd we'll be all revitalized. But this is a great way to uh <laughs> to, to to start the closing out of the year in the world of mixed martial arts. Did, did you enjoy this card as much as I did, Greg? I, like I feel like you know you were the the old grey man shouting at the, the cloud long before I was, but I've turned into that now. And even I, with my you know my black heart, enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed this one. Did, did you enjoy it as much as me?
1: Ah, yeah, it was a brilliant card. Like, and going to what you're saying, I think over the years I've had like slumps where I'm kind of like, oh another UFC or whatever, and it does definitely doesn't help with the oversaturation and cards that you know don't have any jeopardy whatsoever on them uh, on paper or in in practice. So it definitely, you know, it definitely can wear on you a little bit when you're when you're covering all these cards so intensively, and there isn't really that fight to get you excited or sometimes uh you know a fight that maybe there's one fight that's exciting on the card, but then that fight doesn't turn out to be that great in 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 reality and in practice and it can yeah it can be a bit of a drag but a card like this you know obviously there was there was sad moments um like the Frankie Eger fight, we'll probably get into that, but there was some really, really good moments, and it was, as you said, it was kind of a, a bit of a throwback. People were just laying on the, all on the line, and it led to loads of finishes, and it, yeah, it was just a, overall, it was a really, really good card, but, you know, uh, sometimes these cards can can look really good on paper and not, not turn out in practice, but this one really lived, lived up to it, in my opinion. Like, I know the main event was maybe, um, you know... Uh, Much better than maybe you expected. I don't know. Uh, Maybe I'm putting words in in your mouth. You probably thought it was going to be a bit more, um, a little bit more one-sided than it was. Uh, Obviously, with uh, Adesanya winning, probably was uh, the prediction for most people. And that that was an upset as well, which adds to the the excitement of the card. But yeah, uh, overall, it was a really, really good card. Really good finishes. Excitement, back and forth fights, and yeah, you couldn't really ask for much more. And as you said, it, it, in a long line of kind of meaningless cards, it, it, it definitely is a much-needed kind of injection of uh, of jeopardy and excitement into into our lives.
0: hundred Some we're going to be talking more about non speakers scoring. I think actually this week, but uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I, I think the problem is as well when you, you get a card like this, which looks good on paper, and you're not even that excited for it like that at the beginning. I know, as I said, that's a UFC thing because I'm excited for one chapter. Cards excited for Cage Warriors cards and some Bellator cards and stuff like that. It's just, I do know, it just feels like the UFC has gone so heartless recently.
1: That we, it's we, kind of what Dana White said would never happen, you know. He's yeah, like, oh, slagging yeah. off boxing, being like, Oh, these boxing cards is yeah. one decent fight and the rest are shite. And you know, <laughs> he's been putting in a lot of cards like that. Himself <laughs> oh, oh, he
0: has. Oh, indeed, yeah. They with all shite fights. Never mind the one good one, but this wasn't one of them. And this, uh, this turned everything around. Let's talk about the main event soon. Let's get straight into it. Um, you, you. You know, you made an assumption there about my thoughts in the main event, and you were correct. This was the exact opposite of what I thought, because I thought it would be a boring, very technical fight, and it turned out to be, I wouldn't say, like, it wasn't the most exciting fight in the world, but it was a a relatively exciting, I would say exciting fight, with probably worse technical ability (laughs) than than I was expecting. Uh, Do you know what? I think this is the sort of fight you watch live, you get kind of drawn into, you really like, and then maybe you go and watch it on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week and maybe after listening to this podcast again, and you kind of say, oh, hold on, that fight, it <laughs> it wasn't that it was a bad fight, I'd never say it was a bad fight. But I don't think either lad fought exceptionally well, if you'd put it that way. Like, I think it's easier to look at it, I suppose, from Daisy's point of view and see... Uh, maybe the things that that he didn't do necessarily but from even pereira's point of view i, I don't necessarily like I, I think i think his tactics worked well uh even though he was still losing 3-1 uh, entering the fifth round uh, but i don't think like that the I don't think in practice. Let me and I'll explain why. Because, like, I thought, I thought what Pereira did very well. I was talking to to the lads about it last night. And Ian said it as well in the in the group, and I thought of watching. It's like he pressured very, very well, and I actually thought Izzy dealt very well with the pressure. And it was, uh, you know, we, we talked about Izzy coming in and being maybe uh, you know boring and all of that. Uh, Alex Pereira's pressure made Izzy fight at the at the other side of it. Izzy tried, like, and I said this coming in and, and, you know, people are probably saying like, oh, what are you, what do you talking about turning into a great fight and If you look at it right, overall as a full fight, what way did Izzy fight? Okay. He, he fought very well off the back foot when Pereira pressured him. But when Izzy was in the ascendancy at all times, it was Always clinching. It was always trying to get the fight taken down. It was always circling on
1: the outside, trying. Do you think it was to, even trying to take the fight down. Was it more trying to wear uh, Alex out as well, like up against the cage? A, a little bit.
0: I, I thought the best thing you did to wear Alex out was actually the body work. It was very. I thought it was very smart. Like I, could, I was. V- so impressed with how well Israel Adesanya fought off the back foot uh, when Pereira was pressing him. He fought like because those body kicks wore him out. the The jab when he was coming out was brilliant. The right hand when he was coming out, or the left hand if he was fighting in Sao was absolutely brilliant. And all of that went together to uh, to wear him out. But if we were talking about the tactics coming in and you know, I, I joked and not joked but I minted I said uh, NCAA Adesanya you know and he it, it did he tried to wrestle throughout it and I think the, the fact that we, and, and I said this last week as well like people were saying oh he's going to come out and wrestle from A number one you know the, the start of the fight and I knew he wouldn't until there was like a bit of a struggle with the striking and not, it wasn't necessarily that he struggled with the striking but he struggled with the area of the striking like Alex Pereira wasn't the, the, the guy that was standing there allowing Izzy to faint and throw his shots like they, they kept saying in the commentary he's biting on the fins but when he, he did bite in the fins but then he was coming back and he was throwing shots you know and I think he, he did well there and he did well to pressure but he actually wasn't landing that much and Izzy was kind of eating him up uh fighting off the back foot but then he changed like it, f- it felt like one of those fights right where if you're confident enough to stay in that area you probably should you should let Alex Pereira come on to you now that's a very difficult thing to do because he did that in the second kickboxing match and he got knocked out because of it but the, when Izzy actually When is he changed it up he started to win the fight and fair play to him, me was right too and he was winning the fight before that as well don't get me wrong he lost the second round it was very close he could have won it but the f- the change up in him in that fight scented from like ah oh, you know it, this is a close uh, you know interesting fight where Pereira could land the big shots to Adesanya kind of changing up his tactics, and I give him credit for that, but, you know, it was was him trying to do it the the easiest way possible, people were thinking this was going to be a stand-up barn Burner fight, it it wasn't that, and it just led to, like, and and this is my point, and I'm getting around to it, about neither lad maybe fighting as well as we would expect from him possibly, because Izzy, like, there was at one stage, it turned into a white belt match uh, on, on the ground, no, Izzy was winning that, and it was a very smart tactical um, decision from him, but, you know, it wasn't the best mixed martial arts in the world, and when the stuff Pereira was doing, his good points weren't working early in the fight. Now, we can talk about the, the, the last part of the fight and how that changed, but in general, I thought the first four rounds were exciting but lackluster at the same time. Am I being critical too critical, Graham? What, what way did you say it?
1: Um, I don't know because it was like the jeopardy, and the, I I was watching the fight and watching it as if it was on a knife edge, and either guy could land the the, the big strike at any moment. So for me, I, I thought it was a really exciting fight. I agree, um,
0: I agree with that a hundred percent. I did too, but I'm I'm kind of talking about like if you're watching it next Tuesday or Wednesday, and you're actually breaking it down technically, which is what I'm trying to do here. Like I I was caught up in the fight. I thought it was a very interesting fight. I thought Pereira could have knocked him out at any stage, or Adesanya landed a, a few big hard shots too. And, you know, maybe that's the way we should look at the fight and that's definitely the way we, we can look at the fight as well. But from a, a tactical and technical point of view, I, I think it was a bit lackluster. But you, you are right. I would, I would agree with you as well. Sorry for. I think
1: talking. part of maybe why you think it was lackluster is, you know, these guys have not fought, but they've kickboxed each other before and, uh, you know they've kind of picked up things and they're maybe wary of things as well. And I think that plays into it a little bit, a little bit as well. And, you know, obviously, um, as I said before, the fight in Adesanya's head, he knows that he's been beaten by this guy before in in, in striking. So uh, I think the game plan all along would have been to mix in, mix in some wrestling, but not go go for wrestler just to kind of, you know, tire Pereira out. He's obviously not used to. Obviously, Adesanya's no no like black belt in, in grappling, but he's much more used to the cardio that's involved and things like that. And you could see the, the disparity on the ground, even though Adesanya didn't look great on the ground. He was miles above Pereira. So I think, you know, if if Adesanya had have kind of avoided that big strike at the end, or the big strikes at the end that finished it, we, we might have been calling this a really well-executed game plan by Adesanya. And obviously, when you've got somebody as as big power as Alex in there and... Who, who's always dangerous, even when he's tired, even when he's losing a fight. He he he's been there before many times, and he, he trusts in his power, and, and it came true for him. He stayed composed even in a uh, even even in moments where it looked like the fight was slipping away. And I think there's a lot of credit has to go to him as well. But uh, for Adesanya, obviously, it's it's a fight he should have won um, on paper and, and in practice. But you know, maybe maybe he'll he'll get a chance at it again. But when he's when he's when he's um, not really considered the most exciting fighter, Dana might, might not want to and the UFC might not want to put on that immediate rematch. They want to. They might want to, you know, pick a nice style match for Pereira and go from there. But it's it's a tough it's a tough one to take for Alexander because you know if he had of. A- I think he got a little bit lazy. He got a little bit, maybe it was the leg kicks that added up and made him a little bit flat footed that didn't help, but his movement kind of slowed down and he was more willing to kind of stand up against the fence where exactly where Alex wanted him. And, you know, he he should know better after being in there for so many, you know, rounds with with Alex in the past that you can't do that. And that that was a big mistake. And obviously he'll look back on that and probably uh, have big regrets, but. Alex really did take advantage of the situation and I don't know about what you thought about the stoppage I thought it could have went a little bit longer it looked like 90% it was it was going to be finished but he did only get hit with like two of eight or nine punches he was moving his head he definitely was rocked but I would have liked to see that go a little bit longer even though it did look like uh, it was close to the end
0: Yeah I'll talk about the stoppage in one second just one thing I'd, or two things I want to touch on before that uh, you, you said about the mentality is all coming in and I, I I thought easy from the walkout, just you know, he didn't look, he didn't look normal, easy, and obviously he didn't do the mad walkout or anything like that, and he was all business. But I just yeah, I thought I thought he looked a little bit nervous, and the the, the tactic during the fight as well of the wrestling, like. I wonder, did that play into the fifth round making Adesanya tired? Like, it fell. if you would go back and watch that fifth round and you ask someone who's the more tired person than that, they'd all probably tell you Adesanya, which is interesting because, you know, we, we talk all the time about uh, accumulative damage and all and, and wrestling being scored. Well, if you're scoring the, the wrestling there based on the output of it afterwards in terms of it taking away your gas tank, in that fifth round, there was only one man who looked like he'd a better gas tank. And as well uh, as Israel Adesanya. Took yeah.
1: a, Alex took a break at the was it the first like four minutes of the fourth round, he didn't really do yeah. much. He kinda he kinda got his win back. You know, that was probably mm-hmm. a, in hindsight, it was obviously a great decision. And well uh, I, I think part of it was of being tired and part of it was maybe the leg kicks and maybe that the leg check in the fifth round that uh, the, the commentators kinda oh it was just a misstep, but I think he missed that because of the hard leg I check agree. and obviously would have hurt his leg like so yeah. that obviously didn't help uh, in his movement. Uh,
0: I agree, 100%. And as as well as Adesanya was fighting off the back foot in the first, you know, three of the first four rounds, obviously one was, was, largely, uh, was largely grappling, but he fought so badly off the back foot in the fifth round. It was, you know, another great case for why open scoring would be terrible. But it felt like he knew he was three rounds ahead and he just had to kind of wait on the back foot. You can't do that against Alex Pereira. You can't do that. You really, really can't do that. And in the end... It, two things went against Israel Adesanya: his um, his wanton desire to keep MMA as as safe as possible. Uh, it's not going to work. It can't work. Like it, it'll work for a certain extent, and it's worked very very well for him. But when you're met with a high-level striker like Alex Pereira like that, you have to do different and more things. And now, I thought Israel Adesanya would win. I thought he'd be technical enough and, and tactical enough to, to get to a decision. But he wasn't. He, he wasn't. It was... It, I, I feel like his... Uh, that, that like, stay safe attitude just took over. It really took over. And the, the second part of it, and this is probably a bad fight to, to say this in, but... I think we talk all the time about well-roundedness in MMA and I just think he... He's not that well-rounded. Like, I've said it for a long time that Israel Adesanya is is an overrated fighter, and I think it's because the division is so bad that he has done so well. Now, he's a good fighter, don't get me wrong, a very, very good fighter, but someone with his ability in other divisions, I don't think would have half the success that he has had. Now, (laughs) it's funny that Alex Pereira, someone who's probably less well-rounded than him, was able to show that up, but I think, like, just... But the fact that he wrestled and he was unable to maybe carry that cardio into the fifth round because of the wrestling was was, uh, a reason he lost. And also, if he was a better wrestler or a better striker for MMA... He could have won that fight in a different way and a more, uh, you know, a more safe way to, to to steal his tactic in that fifth round. Now, this is probably, this is me being very, very harsh, but we're talking about the very, very top fighters in the world. And I'm here and my job is to, you know, like uh, like a Reiki or a Gary Neville or whatever, to look at it afterwards and give my honest tactical breakdown of it. And I thought, honestly, I thought that was it. I really thought that, was, I think that fifth round, it was... It was bad it was, it, You can't say a good thing about it Now As you said That leg check uh, It rattled him a bit More than anything else Even if it was just fall over He got back up but It didn't seem the same he definitely wasn't throwing from the back foot as much as he was before. And, okay, why do you throw from the back foot? I remember I talked to, to Ian Gary about this before one of his fights, and he was like, oh, my opponent loves to push forward, push forward. Well, went, no, What am I going to throw? And I go straight away, the jab you're going to throw, obviously. Because, and he was like, yeah, of course. And then what did he do? He threw the jab. But you, you throw those jabs, you throw those right hands from the back foot, so you don't allow your opponent to push you up against the cage and land those three or four punch combinations. What happened in this? Throughout the first... You know, three of the first four rounds, throughout the first twenty minutes, Israel Adesanya constantly fought off the back foot. Okay, he hit one or two shots. Of course, you're going to. But he was winning the fight based on his ability to not allow Alex Pereira to move forward and dominate him with strikes. Pereira was able to move forward, but he wasn't dominating him with strikes. In the fifth round, he overwhelmed him with strikes. In the last, you know, minute of that round, uh, or the minute that it lasted in that round. That was the key difference. Why did Adesanya get knocked out? If you want to ask yourself that question, because he stopped fighting well off the back foot, what's the reason for that? Is it you, you can decide that yourself? I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I, would, if I was to guess, I would say he was trying to be safe. Um, which you know, I'm sure a lot of people who probably paid 80 quid are like, well, you know, you trying to be safe once too often and then it worked against you, but on the stoppage, then. Uh, and you know we we we'll, uh, maybe I'll run through the fight again afterwards in a second, and we will see if we have anything else to to say about it. But look, the stoppage was an interesting one because I always you know I've talked to, to refs and, and officials before, and they always tell me you have to look at what came before the stoppage as well as the stoppage itself. Now I think looking at, at what came after the stoppage it's a bit foolhardy and anyone listening to this podcast knows I, I try to avoid that because you know, everyone's going to go, oh, what the fuck are you talking about, and, you know, or some people like slump down and even, you know, either side of it, I don't think it's a great reason to give it. Um He landed those two massive right hands followed by the massive left hook followed by another right hand. So like, if you if you think about it, right, you're, you've either Israel Adesanya, one of the most defensively sound fighters in the world has taken four full four shots to the head in a row and has f- fell down and is now backing up and falling away to the right hand side of the cage just falling around and around and around and then he puts his hands down puts his I don't head think he out was
1: falling around and around and around i think he was moving his head trying to make no 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 but but, but
0: but before that he fell down to his knee went to the right and ran what uh, 10 steps to the right before that then he did put his hands out moved his head absolutely he was trying to move his head but is that an intelligent defence to put your hands down after being hurt that much not covering up at all and just like trying to swivel your head out the way I, I would tend not to agree I, I, I would tend to say that is a good topic could he have given him one or two more yeah but what I do you know what the, the I always look for in ones like that now specifically and there was one in cage the Christian near I not him on in Cage Wars I think was the exact opposite you, when you take, you should only be allowed one shot that's completely undefended, only one. And I think Israel Adesanya got at least one of them and Goddard stepped in. Uh, yeah, I, I watching it back many times. I, I can call it a bad stoppage. I, I couldn't.
1: Did you think it was bad? Or I, I don't think it was a bad stoppage. I, 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 like. I think it was going. It was very likely to go. Uh, you know, for a TKO with one or two more shots. But we've seen guys in the past, you know, be able to survive that and kind of get on their bike a little bit and, and ride it out. So I would have liked to see if you know he could have be put down with the next shot or two and, and if he was hit with a big shot and didn't defend himself uh went down then fair enough but you know I'm not saying it's a bad stoppage but I think it was mm, for my liking personally I think it was a little early but I can I can completely understand the stoppage and like I'm not saying oh it's a bad stoppage or anything like that
0: Yeah I, I, yeah, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from I wouldn't Necessarily, totally disagree, but yeah, I, th- I think he was. There was no doubt about it, he was, he was badly hurt, and uh, it was uh, it was it was craziness. One thing um, we should
1: mention is he nearly Adesanya nearly had him at the end of the, the, the first, first round, was it? yeah. yeah it was, but phew, you didn't get that
0: left hand after the bell. I know he kind of threw it he, on the bell, you know, I think
1: that was fine. I think he threw it, uh, you know, he's not. Exact, he's not, he can't see the counter going down exactly like we can and he's in the middle of a f- fucking fist fight here and he's got the guy cracked and he's going for the finish and the bell goes in like during the motion of the punch and the punch lands kind of directly after the bell sounds so I think that was fine.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, it was it was it was definitely a borderline. I wouldn't blame uh, Izzy for that at all. Definitely, but like it was it's one of those ones where you look at it afterwards. And if he had knocked him out I'm sure there would have been consternation about it. But yeah, the first round. Let's just run through quickly. To fight? Well, the
1: fight. The rule. The rule is though, isn't it? Where if yeah, if you throw it, but motion, still,
0: right. you know, people are stupid. Like <laughs> no, there's a, It was it was it was one of those ones. It was definitely after the bell but it wasn't illegal it was like that time remember Bruno Fernandez scored a, a goal after the final whistle had gone because VAR came back and gave a penalty and everyone was like oh you're scoring uh, you're giving my United goals and the game is over and all this it's like well yeah if you don't understand how the game works yeah absolutely anyway uh, I, no no answer back for that one Graham there no <laughs> just,
1: I, I think gonna, you know it's going to leave we could that go one back and pick through <laughs> decisions for, for <laughs> fucking the rest of eternity we could we could we anyway. never get anywhere that's true
0: that's true but uh, look the first round I thought was was very close until the the end I did think Izzy was just ahead um, he was touching him with leg kicks landing the right hand down through the middle uh, in the second round Izzy was fighting well off the cage again I thought very impressed w- with him uh, in that round trying The whole thing. Two nice jabs kind of turned around a little bit from Pereira. Uh, Izzy tried to get the takedown in the second. No good. And, uh, you know, exactly as I predicted, coming in the second, Pereira lands a few shots. Izzy will go for the takedown, but he couldn't get it. Uh, Izzy did land a big hard right hand, but another few hard shots from Alex Pereira came back. And then Izzy tried to clinch. But in the last minute, I think Pereira kind of took the round. He landed a few shots. Got a late takedown as well, uh, which I'm sure sealed around for You know, that seemed to be a team of the night. A late takedown stealing the own which is absolutely ludicrous as we all know here but uh, the turnaround then Izzy came back he landed a hard head kick at one stage um, body lock takedown then from Izzy he took the back landed a few shots and then the white belt BJJ match started which was God almighty, it was, it was it was lower level stuff. Like, Pereira was deep on a knee bar at one stage, and I don't think he even knew it. Like, he's <laughs> just like, ah, sure. Nah, we won't bother. And uh, Izzy got on top and landed a few shots again. The four-round, Pereira looked very tired to me at the start of that four-round. And, you know, the commentary can... Before you
1: go on, do you think yep. Izzy should have, you know put the hooks in and gone for the he the tried
0: I just think yeah. he, I, don't, I don't think he was good enough to be honest Like he, he put one hook in and he tried I think he tried to put the other hook in Like I think he was probably afraid that he'd land he on the bottom he looked a bit hesitant yeah he the, looked a bit hesitant he looked into to the that. Really, yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I yeah I would agree but yeah, in in the fourth Pereira was tired he was landing on the outside and I think now that you said it maybe you're right Like maybe he kind of took that round off but there was absolutely nothing coming back I from think Peter the last minute fourth. he got
1: going but the yeah. first four minutes he was like fucking let me just got my breath here <laughs> yeah
0: and he landed actually that last minute of that four round i've written here in my notes it was i was actually really good like with and i think at that stage as well like he had that three or four minutes off and he didn't and he was kind of eating a couple there as well and he did clinch uh but a big left hook on the bell from pereira was uh was underrated i think on the commentary but it was a big big shot and in in the fifth alex was coming forward As I said, Izzy refusing to fight off the cage, fell over on that leg kick, two right hands hurt him, left hook absolutely smashed him, and then the the right hand was the beginning of the end then for uh, for Israel Adesanya, and it was one of those moments, Greg, where I was sitting alone in my sitting room at, what, around 5.45, and... I just started roaring. I was like, "Oh my god, what, what?" <laughs> it was it was one of those moments where you know I talking obviously for the last twenty minutes here, very uh, about a very tactical side and point of view of it. But for fucking forget that for a while. <laughs> this was uh, this was a ninety-eight minute winner. You know, this was. Absolutely uh, amazing, and I'd know you know I'd know dog in the race here. I didn't uh, I didn't mind which guy won or or anything like that, and uh, you know I gave Izzy to obviously as my pick to win, and I gave him to win by submission as one of my bets for the week which we we almost did you know for plus fourteen hundred. But uh, I'm more I, I like honestly I needed a moment like this in MMA, and we started off the podcast with it. It feels like there there has been moments like this, you know, the Leon Edwards one and things, but it it just doesn't feel like. We, you know, it, it it doesn't feel like moments like this are happening as much as they were before, just because there's so much stuff around them, and the fact that we got another one and we saw one last night is just brilliant. It was just so brilliant. Like I always, the one I always harken back to is Chris Wideman, Anderson Silva, and it's funny, you know, the middleweight division as well uh, that I give so much uh, stick to because it's a it's a terrible division. For being honest. Uh, here's another one in the middleweight division that absolutely uh, that absolutely shocked and and odd, I suppose. But uh, it was uh, it was so uh, who would
1: have thought an your fight would have rekindled your yeah, your, <laughs> your, your fire? <laughs>
0: you know, maybe, maybe people were right when they said the opponents need to bring stuff out of <laughs> you know maybe they were, but yeah, he you know, he tr- honestly, credit to Pereira. I, it's funny because like I said this briefly at the start, I don't think Pereira fought half as well as he could like even when he was taking initiative pushing forward I don't think he was landing as many shots I think there's a lot more to come from Pereira and people are talking about the, the rematch as if all you know Izzy's just going, and go, going to go in and win it the next time I think Pereira's going to be more you know um, more confident going into the rematch if they do it straight away and I like, I, I wouldn't be assured at all that Izzy will win that one he showed now twice that he can, uh, he can hurt them badly and he has the power and he has a good shin as well in terms of he can get hurt himself and come back like uh, is he in his losses? Obviously, that one in in kickboxing, the one last night, and even the Blahovich one as well. When things kind of go bad for him, they go bad for him. I know he didn't get knocked out in the Blahovich one, but you know what I mean. It it kind of it turned the corner for him, and that corner kind of kept turning. Um, it's it's interesting to see if he can come back from it. Look, you look at both of those guys last night. And you think they have lots of improvements to make in their game everywhere. Uh, so it could change a lot between now and and the rematch. Do you think a rematch is the right thing? Do you think they'll do the immediate rematch?
1: i think they probably should but who knows you know it's, it's very hard to predict what they're going to do next they could want to put on you know who do they want is he back as champion that's the question does dana and do you, the people making the decision do they want them back as champion if they do they'll probably make the rematch if they don't they could you know they could put rob whitaker in there i don't know <laughs> you know that could be a big show um they have a lot of options here. You know, it, it kind of frees up the division and frees up the choices for the UFC and we'll kind of find out how Dana and, and the people making the decisions feel about Izzy. Uh, are, are they pissed off at him for a perceived kind of safeness and boring I don't think uh, so. Fights? I don't if think they, Yeah, they haven't said it publicly but if they are then, you know, this could be where we find out that they are but I, I suspect they'll put on the rematch, you know, uh, uh, I don't know what what pay per views this did, but I think this will do even more pay per views the second time. Um, You know, it's a a coin toss these days. There's no real um, rhyme or reason to a lot of the, the matchmaking, but. Yeah, if I if I had a free bet, I'd probably say they'd 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 make the rematch straight away.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, Robert Whitaker's fighting. Um, he's fighting Paulo Costa, isn't he? Over in uh, over in Australia, so Whitaker's kind of tied up. Although they could change that very quickly if they wanted, I suppose. But yeah, I think they will give Adesanya the rematch just because he's obviously. I I think he's what twelve unbeaten or something in the
1: it and he deserves and, it. I think as well, to be honest. Yeah, he probably like, probably. I think does. when you've been on top that long and you're in, you're in a fight, you're winning and you're losing the third round and you know uh, I think I think he deserves a rematch and should get it but as I said these days you never really know what the what the logic is in some of the matchmaking indeed he's got four minutes to try to wrest away this title
0: but he's got to do something big he's got to do something really big He's got to open himself up.
1: If it wasn't obvious enough, Leon is broken now. you are ashamed, and he's embarrassed right now of his own performance. This is how you know a fighter is broken, and Leon right now is broken. Dean, you think making it to the final bell is going to be his win? That's going to be a victory for him. That's a moral victory for him. Not getting
0: finished.
1: Oh, oh, oh,
0: so you got to empty the gas tank here. Oh, 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 I an earthquake. Here. He may have resigned himself to losing a decision. Yes, but that is not the cloth from which he is cut. We can make an earthquake up in here Yeah! (laughs) I suppose we better uh, touch on the rest of the card here, Graham, or we'll we'll turn into a ten-minute a ten-hour uh, ten podcast, even here. Uh, look, Shangwei Lee and and Carlos Barroso. We, we won't be talking about this one for thirty-five minutes, like like the first fight. Uh, it, it, look, it went kind of exactly how we thought. Jan came out, uh, landed more power. The scrambles, the scrambles, kind of. Do you know? They went both ways, I would say, in the first round. Uh, Zhang had her in more trouble. She had the back a few times. Uh, almost got a rear neck choke at one stage. But Carla, she went for an armbar at one stage. She landed on top for a second. She, you know, she's tough. And she, she kept in the fight. You know, a lot of people thought it was just going to be, you know, you walk in, you pick up your belt, and you walk home. But Esparza wasn't having that, and she tried her best, and she did, uh, she did well, but... You know, the second round game, she was looking for a takedown. Again, the transition was won here by Zhang. And when, look, as far as I needed to win all the transitions here, and when she, you know, in the first round, she probably won maybe, you know, one from four or something like that. And in the second round, when she lost the first one, when the takedown attempt didn't work, and when Zhang Weili ended up taking her back and catching her in that kind of half-crucifix position, I suppose you would call it, uh, it was... It, you know, it was all over from there. She, it was all, it looked like she was choking her one arm and then, uh, Carla Sparza was kind of, the left hand, wasn't it, of Zhang. She was controlling, but Zhang got the left hand out and ended up rear naked choking her, you know, as I said, not a fight we need to spend ages breaking down because it was just Zhang Li going in there to, uh, and dominating, but, she needed to do it. She did do it. She turned up. Um, you know, she looked. She had a fun walkout. Looked good in the walkout. Just cut a promo afterwards. It's <laughs> it's yeah. weird. You know, Carla. Is, Carla's
1: yeah. a hard person to look good against. And yeah. I think she, like Wang went at her and looked really good against her. You know, maybe I think I didn't think as far as his performance was maybe as good as yours. I thought she kind of got beaten everywhere. I think Yang made, Yang made a couple <sighs> couple of kind of over-aggressive moves on the ground and lost position momentarily, but was, was able to scramble back quite easily, um, kind of beat Esparza where she's best, and, you know, was definitely the, the deserved winner. And, you know, as I said, it's, it's hard to look good against Esparza, and she did, so, yeah, fair play to her, and, you know, getting that belt now. <sighs> yeah, Esparza, you know, unexpectedly kind of there, and, uh, or, back at the top of winning the belt and i think maybe you know i said it before she won the belt that the game's gonna kind of pass her by a little bit and she obviously kind of proved proved me wrong there and got the belt back but i i kind of stand by that uh, statement a little bit and say that like her game just isn't isn't uh, as effective as it used to be against these uh, these high level uh, girls and it's going to be very hard for her to, to climb back to the top i think
0: you're only wrong, Graham, until you're right, and that didn't,
1: <laughs> <laughs> time will always make right will, you right. Time will always make you right. Uh, Frankie will, will, uh will uh, it
0: yeah, indeed. Yeah, we will we'll get to him in a second. Um, it's interesting to see what they do next here with the with, with the belt because, like I said at the night, Carla Esparza won, it and it just felt like she was not as you know, not the interim champion or anything like that, but it felt like she was just holding the belt. F- until just Zhang Weili yeah, it was just a matter of time and then this has happened so it, usually we're kind of looking ahead and we're saying who's next Like Rose has beaten Zhang Weili twice um, you know in the last year and a half so like it makes sense I suppose to make that fight again but Rose put on one of the worst displays in the history of the UFC uh, in her last fight lost that fight hasn't fought since so like does she deserve a title shot straight away after that I, I don't know maybe she does based on the two wins but it'd be interesting I know people were calling for Lemas as well after she won last week which is fair enough and I think Spencer said and it was a good point like get some new blood in there which I like I, I like a bit of new blood in divisions I like new people getting title shots and uh, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that what, what way do you think they're going to go Graham like they, they love to see they seem to love to putting Nami Yunus back in there and they seem to love her as one of their stars. Do you think she'll get it or, or do you think it'll be someone else?
1: Oof, you know, if, if she hadn't have been such a stinker, I think it would have been pretty nailed on uh, for Rose, but it definitely throws it up in the air. Um, you could just go with like Amanda Lemos or somebody like that, you know. Um, I think Rose, you can sell it, you know, she's beaten her twice, she's the champion, stuff like that, but if if uh, I'm not sure how many people bought that last ro- that last Rose pay per view, but if if people remember that one, maybe they'll 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 stay away, and that'll that'll definitely be a concern for the UFC or a uh a, a, a point they'll be thinking about when they're thinking about who to who to who to make and or ma- uh, who to match make the champion against. So yeah, it, it could go either way again. It, it's hard to predict these things, but yeah, it's probably another rematch. <laughs> it's turning into a lot of rematches. You know, fresh blood will be nice, but you don't want to rush fresh blood in either, and you know, get them getting eaten up too early.
0: That's true. That is true. Uh, Let's talk about Frankie. So before we get to uh, finish up, maybe the main card with the uh, with the positivity of uh, of Dustin Poirier and Chandler. Look, what is there to say? It's it's people got mad at me a couple of years ago when I was saying about Frankie Edgar and that he had. Done all he needs to do, it was only going to get worse, especially when it goes down to 135 pounds. A guy who built his career on being the smaller, faster guy, going in there fighting smaller, faster guys. And indeed, last night, it was a taller, faster guy, which was just a death sentence, really, for Frankie. Um, I know, you know, a lot of people, they, they seem to look at this as, oh, look, Frankie wanted one more, it didn't go well, that's the way the game is. I look at it as his fifth knockout in the last eight fights, having never been knocked out in 20 air fights previous to that. Why did that need to happen? Like, why did that really need to happen? Especially this one. Did Frankie? Frankie has had he's had a hip replacement hasn't he like frankie has had some serious surgery since his last few knockouts like why did this need to happen like who is that? and i did just the disgusting look of ali fucking abdelaziz walking back to the dressing with him and they're smirking and laughing and so it's like this guy is after giving away a piece of his brain yet again for you and your fucking 10 percent. like honestly it was, uh, it it was it was sickening. It was I I I didn't like this at all. I, I and I haven't liked the last few Frankie Edgar fights. And anyone who's in this podcast or seen me and I, I talked about it on Submission Radio once knows that I've been very consistent on this. And um, I I it's because I've great respect for Frankie and I you know I've enjoyed his fights down through the years. But like you don't write for free. He's had the most time ever of anyone inside the octagon, and you don't get that without. Paying for it, you really, really don't. And why do you have to add more to that? Why do you have to throw a bucket of water into the ocean? I re—I really don't yeah, understand it, Graham.
1: I agree with like your sentiment, but you know, if Frank Yeager is hell bent on fighting, yeah, who, like the UFC could say, okay, you're you're not fighting for the UFC, and he can go somewhere else. What about fight, his family?
0: Know? What about his management? What about the people yeah. around him who love him? Like st- stop him from himself
1: yeah but if if a guy's hell-bent on doing something you know i don't know what the situation is maybe he's been talked into it maybe they're you know not talking to him about retirement or stuff like that but i assume that you know retirement's been on the discussion table with his family and with his management there must have been um you know over over the last few fights as you said it's it's not been going well um in in devastating fashion so you'd have to think that there's some kind of talk going on there and these fighters, they just, they just have such ridiculous self-belief and they think they can just go in and get that win and sail off into the sunset. But then, you know, most of the times they do get that win. They're like, Oh, I'm back. And they're, you know, it never ends well. And very rarely ends well anyway, you know, there's, there's definitely a few exceptions out there, but yeah, we've seen it time and time again. And um, it's, it's a sad situation, you know, um, Sad to see Frankie like that. His family being there as well. Like, what the fuck is kind of decision is Why that? Like, before, that? Why do people keep doing that? Why they keep but, fucking doing that? I don't know. I don't know. Jesus, you know, I don't know because they just believe that they're gonna get that win, that triumph. You know, that Rocky Mount. You know, they just have that in their DNA, <laughs> built it, built it throughout years of just being a fighter. Like you know, being a tough like Frank Yeager, You know, <laughs> you know, his legacy's kind of been put into the background so far so far uh, so long ago and so far back on his record but he was in some absolutely amazing fights some like you know underdog wins and uh, come from behinds and all that stuff and ideally if you were writing the the fairy tale he would have hung it up like years ago but that's just not how it goes in MMA like these guys are just they're not logical like that you know obviously they're taking like Frank Yeager's taking a lot of headshots you know I'm sure he has some you know, concussions and CTE probably coming his way, like, sad as it is. Like, I'd be surprised if he didn't. And uh, you got to think his family and people around him have had conversations and they know that. But with these guys, if somebody of like Frankie Egger's fighting spirit, I'd say it'd be hard to tell them, you know, you're, you're finished and that's the end of it. Like, it just doesn't yeah. work like that. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And it's definitely not easy. The fact of the matter is, though, like, he got knocked out by. Brian Ortega in 2018, he came back beat cups once and he got his title shot. And like, why keep going after that? Like, you had that last shot, you knew it was your last shot against Max Holloway. You lost. You know, oh, if I
1: just drop down this division, or if I just if I just do this differently, you know what I mean? They always have a fucking okay. Yeah, that okay. Fair head. enough.
0: Fair enough. Right. So you lose. You get knocked out viciously against the Korean Zombie. You go down that division. You get knocked out viciously against Corey Sandhagen then you get knocked out viciously against Marlon Vera like how many opportunities to keep getting knocked out viciously that's three vicious knockouts in a row after the Chan Sung Jung one after the Brian Ortega one like I I understand having another opportunity or like thinking that things could change or having one last fight but to do it five times and I like I, I'm five times is harsh obviously but like the, the last three, did we really need to see Frankie Edgar getting destroyed three times in a row? Like, knocked out heavily three times in a row after his whole career, 35 fights deep. God almighty, like, wha. It I, I, Sometimes, you know, I, I love the sport, but sometimes I fucking hate it. And this is a part of it, it's... Like, Frankie... You know, Frank Yeager's taken many, many years off his life in these last few fights. He absolutely has. And uh, I don't like it. I, I really, really fucking don't like it. I really don't like it. But look... What what can you do? I've talked about it many times down through the years, and as you said, Graham, we we have to look at the reality of the situation as well. It's going to keep happening with different people, and uh, it's gonna it's it's gonna stay like this. Unfortunately, look, we saw with Anderson Silva a couple of weeks ago fighting fucking boxing YouTubers and all. Our our heroes, our greats, our uh, <sighs> Jesus, it it ends in a in a sad way always, almost. But uh, look, these things happen. Uh, Chris Gutierrez, I look give credit to him. He went in there and did what he needed. You know, decimated Frankie Edgar, and uh, you know he he'll, he'll move on. looks Looks obviously a very very good fighter, and, and we must give him credit as well. But uh, it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to to take. Um, let's um, yeah, okay. Let let's talk. Let's start to transition out of that. But let's talk about Poirier versus Chandler. Um, <laughs> a very very interesting fight. Another. A fight I would put in the category of exciting, but probably um um, a bit. Tactically questionable, I think. Like I, I, I talked about coming into the fight that I think um, Michael Chandler would try to fight a little bit more conservatively, and uh, he, he <laughs> yeah. did. I think he did. To be yeah, fair, because he we no. tried to wrestle, he tried to go for take. Well, that was when time. he
1: got tired after exploding in the first round.
0: What did you think of that takedown in the first round? Though? He had Parry. said it afterwards, even like he had me there. I was in bits. Like he could, he probably could have finished yeah. me. And then he goes and, and and to the, the commentators.
1: Take oh, it was a brilliant decision what a brilliant uh, IQ <laughs> a million um <laughs> like Daniel Carmier, one,
0: one of the dumbest like, you know, men you could ever I'm meet I'm
1: sure Chandler uh, was, was tired from throwing looping bombs constantly but you know a couple more shots there and he could have had him out of there you know maybe not like maybe maybe it would have went a different way but when your game plan is to go out there and explode all over him and kind of put the intensity on him and just just try to hit him with the biggest punch you possibly can <laughs> you know that was your chance and he made a Bad, bad decision, in my opinion. I don't know why the commentators thought that was a good decision, but yeah, he Parier kind of confirmed it as you said afterwards. That, yeah, man, you have fucking he, he had me fucking out there and or nearly out there. If he had, had thrown straight punches instead of looping punches, I probably would have been gone. And you know, he kind of let the moment pass by and made the wrong decision. And you know, even though he continued to kind of you know, he was winning the fight uh, or winning the winning the round, the second round, and all that, but. Yeah, it, it, these moments—they could like you got to take them. If you're if you're going to beat a Dustin Paria, you got to take that moment, and he didn't. And Paria got stronger as the fight went on, and Chandler started to tire. And yeah, it was a it, it was well weathered by Dustin Paria, but he was kind of let off the hook a little bit.
0: Oh, hundred 100%, yeah, without, without a shadow of a doubt. And like, fair enough for for DC to be an idiot. We we know that's all gone happen. <laughs> but didn't Joe Rogan to like not call him out he's in his idiocy and then to agree with him? I'm like, Are, is this really what we're getting from the commentary? No, I'm not going to go on another commentary rant because it's just so, so, so awful and there's no escaping it. There's no, people don't like me talking about it. So I'm, you know, I won't. But uh, yeah, it was, it was really, but like, the, the point I think on that is like, you have missed. The biggest talking point in this fight, you've just completely missed it because you used to be a wrestler and you think everybody should wrestle, you know? That's exactly what this was, like the way he always fucking commentates. And he just like, it just took away from the story of the fight, basically, because that was it. Like Chandler was winning, he was landing big shots, but I'll say it again, there's nobody in this sport... Who has a better second wind than Dustin Poirier? It's fucking so good. And as you said ground the second round didn't go his way, although he did land a big left hand that bursted the nose of Chandler Uh he did uh, he did land one cutting elbow and see Chandler like blew his nose into his face and also fish hooked him uh, which he admitted <laughs> which he admitted afterwards uh, it there was a it was a dirty old fight it was a dirty old fight but ah, probably came you're, back you're
1: fighting if you can get away Is the rest going to let you away would yeah, it, like, that's it I agree <laughs> like
0: everyone's giving out about that when I saw, saw that I was like Do you know what
1: this was a fucking war it's like you war, know what yeah. I mean? They were, they were it was all on the line I don't know like <laughs> if yeah. you're doing it egregiously right ages or something, maybe okay, but like just a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that's a bit. <laughs> a little bit, bit of physical. As well, <laughs> like if you can, if you can get away with it, like I think, I think these, like it didn't lead to a finish or anything. It wasn't, it wasn't too egregious. It definitely was uh, against the rules, but uh, it, I think it was only momentarily as well.
0: Yeah, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Uh, <laughs> in the third, day, like Parry just won the transitions. Uh, Chander tried to take down to to take the back at the same time as he got the takedown and it just completely went against him, uh, De Chandler and, and he was tired. Uh, and that second win the party looks so good. Took the back and once you get Poirier taking your back, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an issue from then. And he got the uh, got the third round finished, the rear a choke, beautiful stuff from uh, from Poirier. I don't think it turned into necessarily. It was it was a war, but maybe not the war we were expecting. A different sort of war, uh, and uh, a great win for Poirier again. Afterwards, he talked about fighting right. Benilaryush. So
1: yeah, interesting. I think you know it's it's kind of. Shows how exciting these two guys have been recently that, you know, where you're nearly saying, oh, it's slightly underwhelming, <laughs> even though, like, you know, that fight was an absolutely brilliant yeah, fight. I mean, for, I don't for, think it was... You know, fighter A versus fighter B. Yeah. But because of the two guys, the levels we kind of expect from them and the excitement we expect from them, maybe you think, oh, that was a bit underwhelming. But I, like, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it was, too, yeah. No, know.
0: I don't think it was underwhelming necessarily. Like, we didn't get many big exchanges. We got them a little bit in the first, but I think... Chandler was winning those exchanges for the most part until he got the takedown, and then he got back up, and then Parry was kind of winning the exchanges, and all. I had Chandler badly hurt, and I thought he had him, and in the second round, Parry, uh, Chandler dominated, and in the third round, Poirier dominated. So it was—it wasn't like it was a very very fun fight, but it was like. <laughs> It wasn't that even of a fight for a long period, if you get me. Like, if it was three rounds of back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, it'd be a little bit different, which I think yeah, people well, it were wasn't expecting. like one
1: moment one guy's winning, the next moment the other guy's winning. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, a little yeah.
0: bit in the first round, absolutely. The first round was very, very good, but the the second and third, not really, you know. so But still, a very good fight. I'm definitely not criticising the fight, but just not maybe what a lot of people were expecting. Anyway, let's move on.
1: Mario uh, well. Funniest <laughs> fight we of the year. Criticising the fight here. <laughs>
0: Funniest fight of the year. Jiu-Jitsu... Yeah, Jiu-Jitsu doesn't work at the high level of MMA. This kind of showed it. Uh, and Dan Hooker. Especially when you have absolutely no takedown
1: ability. No, you know, uh,
0: and he, like, he also was like, all right, I can't get him. I'm just kind of going to give up here a little bit. And, uh, like, Keith Peterson was refereeing, referee, I think, and he kind of just said, look, I'm just stopping this now. <laughs> Not really having the, the body kick, apparently, there was a bit, but, like... Puella is just. No you're not getting up. 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 okay. Okay, Okay, we'll just stop it. fair play to Dan Hooker. I'm I'm sick of this shit. Yeah, that basically was it. There was definitely no nonsense there. But Dan Hooker just like sat down to stop Willis getting a an knee bar and just like finished jujitsu in that one moment and uh, stayed very steady on the feet and, and won the fight so fair play to, to Dan Hooker uh, he could fight in Hinata- Adam Aikana maybe next time we put on a great display won by Rear naked choke against Brad Riddell uh, and cult like one of the greatest promos in the history of MMA afterwards just like roaring I want money Aikana wants money and <laughs> it was absolutely fucking epic if people went back maybe just Woke up and watch the fight. You have to go back And watch my Cado's promo After it Absolutely fucking hilarious what a, One of the funniest things I've seen in a long time So Yeah I, I like that fight I think they should make that fight Maybe over in Parker Somewhere like that So that's very good uh, We'll run through The rest of the card here But it was an excellent card Obviously the lads Over in the takeaways Will break it down In depth as well But Ryan Span Got a big power knockout uh, Against uh, Reyes Who You know his chin Just Doesn't look like it What it used to be
1: yeah. Uh, you know, he did well against Jones and people kind of had high hopes for him, but it's really gone really badly for him. And he, he just looks like he can't, he can't take the shots. I was going to say what you said and, you know, Ryan Spahn hit him with a big power jab and he just, he just couldn't take it. And, you know, uh, as a 205 division, if you're, if you're fighting these guys, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to take some shots and, uh, you know, I don't know how he turns this around. Maybe he's sparring too hard or something I don't know maybe he needs some time off or something to recover his chin or maybe he's just a bit shinny Uh, it's a tough situation to be in because he definitely has talent but he just can't take the shots
0: yeah and even then I was talking afterwards and saying oh I'll have to have a chat with him about what he wants to do next so I don't I don't think that'll be a good chat to be honest but Ryan Spann I've been impressed with Ryan Spann recently I watched a good bit of one of his fights uh, for the betting show or something or, or a few of his fights and um i was very impressed like he hits hard as we saw in this he's lots of submissions a very good guillotine he's a good fighter a very good athlete said as well he's never trained fully for a fight three weeks was the longest training camp he's ever had which sounds it sounds ludicrous but also like if you're an up-and-coming fighter you don't have that much money or anything like that you might have to work like a full-time job and there's probably no way you can get to your camp or something like that or, or maybe there's no way so um that's probably actually not as ludicrous as, as people may think but very good performance from him and I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. We we'll talked about uh, Molly McCann last year but uh, Petrosky versus Thurman was probably the the, the 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 go-to-sleep fight of the night although it wasn't too bad uh, Petrosky won that one, Frivola got a big knockout walked out to some New York Mets team which the crowd liked uh, and knocked out the Spudman Ottomanites are so very good stuff there from, uh, from Frivola. Uh, Karolina Kovalkiewicz uh, put on a, a good performance to beat Silvana Gomez-Juarez. And if you saw Graham afterwards, they were uh, writing out the scores and uh, <laughs> the, the commission seemed to write the scores. So uh, the, the scores are handed up by the judge after every round. On a little piece of paper, you know, it says like 10-9, blue corner or whatever, next judge does the same, next judge does the same, next round, first judge hands it up, second judge, and then all nine of those cards are taken up at the end. Uh, and if, or may, maybe, you know, they do it, the first three are filled in, then the second three are filled in, the third three are filled in. And um, they obviously filled it in wrong somewhere. I think yes, Stephen Morocco has it up exactly what happened that uh, that did one of the judges, they, they put their number in, or they put their uh, score in backwards or something like that, and they had to change it. And, the commission, like this, has happened before, and we, 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 you know, we've seen this happening before, and there's a bit of a delay, and they got to fix this commission. Lad, like ran in, taking the card off Bruce Buffer, realized he'd fucked up, then was doing it up against the cage, then panicked, went out of the gate. It just looked really bad. Now there was no, I, uh, I, I would say there was no uh, fiddling here.
1: Funny business going on. <laughs> no, funny
0: business going on. But like the New York commission, well, you know, anyone who was around. Uh, at the time when MMA uh, <laughs> got legalized, I think a lot of people probably know about the New York Commission and boxing fans, especially as well. Though, but not exactly the best commission in the world. They keep bringing in Doug Crosby to judge and things like that. So, uh, yeah, not that this didn't look great, but like it was, uh, it was just more commissions being inept, I think, than anything else. But a uh, good win for Kovalevich anyway. Trezano won. Lovely left took over Sung Wu China It was a double knockdown, and this it was very. Uh, very right, fun. At the
1: start, right at the start of the fight, right uh, start, uh, yeah,
0: you love a double knockdown. Love it, great Absolutely fun. Love it. <laughs> uh, Montel Jackson beat Julio Arce. Carlos Olberg. Carlos Olberg looked really good. I've been a fan of his. Uh, beat uh, Nicolai Nigga Mariano, who just did nothing really. He's just stood there and got beat. But um, good undercard, good main I card. Stood and all there that. And got beat. <laughs> he kind of did. He kind of did. Um, you couldn't say the same for money Mckando, who who got. Who, you know, dominated Byron Blanchfield, but never, you know, she never gave up. It. And he said, I, 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 we said this coming in, I think everyone kind of said it, the lads in the, the preview show said it and things. This matchmaking was, uh, you know, it makes sense, I suppose, from a, um, a numbers point of view. I think Molly McCann was. 14 and, and uh, Aaron Blanchield is 12 or something but this is not the match you make for Molly McCann yeah. when you're I think trying we to we said they should her. give
1: her a paddy kind of match not, yeah not necessarily
0: and like that but don't put her in there with the toughest up and coming yeah, in the whole yeah, division yeah. Like. exactly
1: yeah she's kind of yeah. getting her momentum going she's kind of coming into her own and then you just kind of throw her in there in a very difficult matchup. and you know as you said she fought hard but yeah, I kind of had the same sentiments as I think what Joe Rogan said please tap because like, it looked like yeah. it was going to break and it's just like oh you don't need to. You don't need to break this. Just, just. It's not It's not your night.
0: Indeed, yeah. I, I tend to agree. And look, she tried to tough it out. And as I was thinking to myself, Molly's not the top and type. And I don't think that's a necessarily. Yeah, a good thing, I was thinking
1: that as well. I was like, oh yeah. god, this could be a Frank Mir Nogara yeah. type situation where it gets chicken winged, but. Yeah, she she, she made a smart move and and tapped. You know, it was, it was we said it before. it was a very difficult matchup for her. It turned out that way. She was stuck in a really difficult position. You know, it's not like a rear naked choke where you can go to sleep and wake up and you're okay. It's it's you know this could be a year out of shoulder injury. It could be more out. Could be a career affecting. So yeah, smart decision to tap out there and live to fight another day. One
0: hundred percent. Aaron Blanchfield uh,
1: looks yeah. so good. <sighs> oh she's an animal like even yeah, even better than expected to be honest yeah. uh, went out there and just you know imposed her will and just looked really good everywhere and you know went, went for the finish and uh, you know you can't really you can't really fault anything she did
0: 100% very very good very good performance from her uh, right let's uh, let's look ahead to next week there's loads of stuff coming up next week um Invicta Victor, first of all, Danny McCormack's fighting in Victor. She's fighting a Maria Mazar. Uh, be very interesting to see Danny. Obviously, she had a, a good run in Bellator that maybe didn't a- end brilliantly. Um, I named her to start of the year as one of the people I think could get could get to the UFC because they simply didn't have her division in Bellator. But you know, it was, it was obviously as you said it was a tough end to her uh, to her trip there, and she will be looking to. Uh, Uh, you know looking to get back to winning ways I suppose over in Victor I think it's a good move Sean Abandon over in Victor although Sean Abandon's fighting in Cage Legacy now as well which is like that is, to me is just senseless like you make that move to the this world level and then you come back to fighting the local show and I, like, I kind of understand that she wants to stay busy, busy and all I that I think but is
1: probably the reasoning is it
0: yeah but there's a card not, there's, there's five fights in this card could they not yeah. have gone her fighting this card like I, I
1: don't know it makes... yeah from a Victor's point of view you think they would want to put her on the card but yeah, yeah um, if, if if they're not giving Shauna the fight then I can understand why she wants to fight but from Invictus side of things yeah I don't know why they would if she asks, what oh, can I fight in Kate I guess you this state they're like, "Oh, do you want to fight in Victor instead?" And you know the answer would probably be, "Yeah, I want to fight in Victor instead."
0: Yeah, but look, uh and Sean are for, or for um, Danny anyway. She's a big fight next week, and I'm looking forward to seeing. It's uh, an important one, you yeah, know. Danny needs to win yeah. this,
1: you know. Uh, you know, uh, obviously there was talk of you're undefeated. You're you're kind of going in there all confident, and the talk of the UFC and everything's rosy. And now this is the adversity, you know. Uh, you're not in Bellator anymore. You're gonna go into a new promotion, needing to win. It's 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 a like you know it's a big moment in her career, I think. And you know, I think she probably has the tools to win this fight, but there will probably be a lot of things going on in her head that she didn't have to deal with when she was the undefeated fighter.
0: Yeah, 100. percent Very very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Best of luck, uh best look to Danny out there. Um, there are two. Pretty good. One championship cards as well. Next week, uh, Christian Lee uh, is fighting in the main event against uh, Cameron Abbasov. Uh, the main, the main again. Main again. Did I say the main again? What was <laughs> I think Maybe. so. Oh well, these things happen. Uh, but yeah, that should be uh, that should be a fun one. Bibiana Fernandez against Steve Lohman And oh, I suppose the the people who've been watching, uh, you know, the chasing pack. I suppose will be looking forward to that one. Two very very good fighters, Lawman, the striker, and obviously Bibiana Fernandez, very good on the ground. Uh, Kevin Bellingham against Kim Jim as well very good Kim knocked out uh, Martin Wynn there last year I think it was and Bellion's a, a devastating striker so that's very interesting there's other stuff on that card as well In the 1-163 card uh, is a pretty good Shinya He's is fighting on this game. he's fighting this guy Sagid Ismagayev, and I watched a bit of him recently uh, he's an absolute killer and I think he's going to destroy Shinya Aoki, if I'm honest here uh, Yushin Okami is fighting Anglin a song uh, which uh, you know Yushin Okami's still doing it Ang- his issue is with wrestlers so if Shinya can or if uh, Yushin can take him down uh, I think that could be could be an interesting one there but if he can keep it standing you would think Anand Sang will uh, will knock him out um Yuka Wakamatsu, who fought both Demetrius Johnson and Adriana Morais is on the card as well. Izuki uh, Hirata is fighting Siho, uh, Sohi Ham, who we fought, saw in the UFC. But Hirata is one of the, the stars over in, uh, in one championship on the way up. She's a very, very good fighter as well. Um, then we have... a very good Cage Warriors card Cage Warriors 147 we might have a show on that during the week so maybe we, we, we'll kind of leave that Will Curry's on the card against Big Mike um Um, Sam Creasy is fighting for the 125 pound title against uh, Shaz Hak George Hardwick and Chris Bungard are fighting for the lightweight title and Margot Sharia is on the card as well so a very very good card there Amran Shaban as well out of uh, Team KF is fighting George McManus who uh, fair play to George McManus he seems to fight all the upper covers in in that uh, in that promotion so good stuff there Uh, interesting to see Bungard getting the fight against uh, George Hardwick Uh, I think Hardwick will probably Win that, but you know, it'd be interesting. Uh, interesting to see how that one goes there. Uh, but I suppose the biggest card of next week is uh, is Bellator two eight eight. Is there a UFC? Does UFC card next week as well? Hold on, we we'll see who's fighting in this. Derek Lewis against Skurg, Sergei Spivak. Yeah, yeah. Why not?
1: Uh, and the, yeah, what? you know, another one of these cards that maybe we were talking about earlier, where you look at the prelims and you. You don't recognize them, some names or there isn't much jeopardy there. But there's a couple of fights that should be interesting on, on the card. And, you know, on paper, sometimes these cards um, don't look as good as they, they turn out to be. And there's a few fights that are hard to predict. So, yeah, this could be this could be a good fight. But it's hard for... It's hard hard one to get excited about, I think.
0: Yeah, I think they're probably a big knockout in Kutalaba versus Kindi Juku. I, I like Jack Denna Maddalena versus Danny Roberts. That's a fun fight,
1: but... Yeah,
0: other than Madelina sure,
1: should have you know that's a very difficult fight for Danny Roberts there. I think
0: yeah, I like that. Danny Roberts is a good fighter, but I I I would tend to agree with that with that as well. Um, and I'm sure there's some good. Uh Go up and comers on the undercard but as I said, the lads in the previous show will talk about that
1: as well. There's big wins for Jimmy Wallhead and uh yes. kind of touched on Leroy Duncan as well earlier, but uh mm-hmm. you know, Fig, Fig Lack, I kind of was expecting more from him, but Jimmy Wallhead looked sharp. He looked he looked really good for, you know, a man of his uh <laughs> age and kind of wear and tear inside the ring and fights and but he he's a very experienced guy and he's not just an experienced guy maybe you know when, when you become a kind of veteran you kind of people kind of forget about your skills but he went out there and landed the big right hook in the first round and you know got that interim gate warriors championship and if you if you hadn't have won that you know if he had went out there and lost it probably would have been his kind of his last chance at, at, at getting there, you know, it would be a difficult road back at least. So that was a huge win for Jimmy Wall. It had a very very impressive performance from him.
0: Yeah, it's a very interesting time at the moment for European MMA, I suppose, because you had that cage wearers card last week, the cage wearers card last night, which completely flew under the radar. I almost forgot it in the podcast there, but as you said, very good win for Judo Jimmy. I thought Figlax looked really nervous, like, you yeah. know, and, and it was experience means a lot in MMA and you saw Jimmy going out there just throwing his hands and Figlac just seemed to be stuck in the spot and he got knocked out because of it but fair play to, to Judo he, uh, to Judo Jimmy he's putting all that effort and put on all those years to to gain that um, supremacy I suppose in uh, experience and, and he he showed it and in Christian don't Duncan as you mentioned you know, and as well on the undercard Samuel Bark beat Manny Akpan he's very very good all the up and coming Liverpool guys from next gen one uh, Luke Riley and, and and the rest as well they look like a great bunch coming through but Christian here I right, this guy will be in the UFC very very soon I know he's, he's only 7-0 and I think now but uh, he's uh, he's a phenom he's so good he's opponent as well I went back and watched a good bit of him and he's not a bad fighter but Christian just made it look easy I thought the stoppage was a little bit early as I said he didn't necessarily get the chance but it, was, it wasn't the worst in the world leader. and uh, yeah very very interesting there was a K- uh, KSW card as well Graham uh, Saladin Paranas got the finish there Tom Breeze unfortunately lost uh, in that one uh, but yeah uh, a yeah.
1: bit of controversy around stoppage, or they weren't happy with the stoppage. I, was there, I actually I don't haven't seen I exactly yet. what happened. Um, yeah. Was it back of the headshots or something? I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. now. There were so many fights. I was trying to watch at the same time. And
0: Henry Felipe as well. Got a, yeah, a Peruvian, Peruvian necktie. necktie. Lovely stuff. Oof. Very good stuff. The, For, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot going on and this it's week. Been,
1: it's been a good return. He's come back yeah. uh, with a bang. Henry Felipe, he's, he's getting in there uh, regularly, taking fights and getting wins and finishes. So fair play to him. It's good to see him back. Uh, you know, he's been around a long time made a video on him about 10 years ago you know when he was when he was up and coming and you know you look at his record now he's experienced he's been in there with tough guys all over the world you know he's never backed down and he'll take a fight on short notice he's kind of from the old school and you know it's good to see him on a winning streak here and hopefully he gets signed to a to a like a big promotion, you know, decent promotion and get some some big paydays. In
0: KSW, you know, they're pretty
1: decent promotions. I'm, yeah, I don't know if you know. he, I mean, did he sign a multi-fight deal or was that uh, just...
0: I think so. Maybe I'm wrong now. Oh, maybe he remember. did. Oh, yeah, maybe, fair maybe, enough. Maybe
1: <laughs> <know>. I've, I've <laughs> got to uh, see him getting <laughs> good paydays anyway and getting yeah. wins and getting a in necktie, you know. He's known as a striker back in the day and maybe he wasn't, wasn't the best for turning up the training and stuff like that, but he just has a natural ability and picks things up quickly we've always heard that about him for anybody who, who's trained with him or coached him and stuff like that he definitely has a lot a lot of ability and you may look at his record and see nine losses or whatever and think think that uh maybe he's an up and down fighter but i think you know to taking fights on short notice and not really training properly in the past has, has led to his record being like that i think his ability is a lot better than his record would represent
0: indeed indeed fair play to uh fair play to, to henry uh right let's get to cards. Um look on the undercard they have what you'd expect from Bellator all their very good up-and-comers Jordan Newman 4-0 Sullivan Colley 4-0 and Lucas Brennan 7-0 and Archie Colgan 5-0 and Jalen Bates 6-0 Jaira uh, Pacheco 7-0 so lots of very very good up-and-comers there uh, Aliyev 8-0 you know and Roman Fernaldo definitely to stand out there he's in, no but he's taking a step up now he's fighting 11 uh, Coachelli in this one who's 10 and 2 uh, you know been around for for a good while has been in there with the likes of you know Gaiti Yamauchi and others as well so he's already taken the steps up Having, uh, haven't gone well for him I suppose but Fernaldo, big knockout artist well rounded can rest can do it all so interesting to see uh, interesting to see how that goes Tyrell Fortune is on the card as well uh, Daniel Vite. Is fighting another up and comer Timur Kizryev. I know we have the two title fights, um, the 205 pound rematch after the first one ended in in an all contest between Vadim Nimkov and Corey Anderson, and then Patricky Pitbull against Usman or Magomedov. Actually, I must go back and watch the Nimkov Anderson fight, but from what I remember of it, Anderson was kind of winning, um. And, like, Nimkaf has been a dominant champion there for a while and is a very, very good fighter. So I'm really excited to see that one. And the Nurmagomedov-Patricki uh, fight, I I, I think, uh, look, I think Usman is going to win this one. I think he is absolutely fantastic. Uh, really good on the ground, good standing up as well. Can finish a lad, has rear naked chokes and fun chokes and different things like that. Uh, Patricky, a good fighter, but, like, I think Usman is a different level, fifteen and all. Here it should be, uh, it should be the win. I think for Usman or Mega are I never roll out them pit bulls. What do you think in the two yeah. top fights?
1: I think, I think like selfishly, I hope that uh stands a bit at the start with pitbull just to see what it looks like. But uh, he probably will, will you know, have his own way here. And um, it'd be interesting to see exactly where he's at if we did get a bit more kind of time on the feet and maybe see him face a little bit of adversity. But I don't think... Yeah, I think this is this is a very difficult fight for Petricky. Um, in the main event, I'm trying to remember the first fight as well. I can barely remember, but uh, yeah, like it's probably going to be Corey Anderson grinding out rounds. Yeah. Um, maybe tiring Nemkov out as the rounds go on but uh, uh, you know this could go either way really I think as well Nemkov obviously as you said has been uh, dominant well not that dominant but pretty good champion for for uh for bellator and he has like you know that big win over uh ryan bader followed by uh the phil davis decision so he's been there with some really really good guys and he's shown he, he's a top level guy but i think cory anderson is a guy who's just been kind of criminally under, <laughs> underrated for a long time you know he's he's obviously um he's, he's had a few losses in the ufc before you before he was caught um uh, or actually, I think maybe he was cut after the the, the loss to, to Jan, and he kind of made a bit of a recovery, beating beating people like Glover Texera and stuff yeah. like that. So he's had a bit of an up and down time, and you know was harshly cut from the UFC. And usually, when guys are kind of cut from the UFC, they're kind of they're kind of castaways. But I think he's he's more than that. He's he's a really good fighter. You know, he went in there and uh knocked out uh, Ryan Bader as well and, uh, in second last fight before the Nemkov fight. So. Both guys are are very, of a very good level. It should be a very good fight, but I think Corey Anderson has just kind of been flying under the radar for his all-round ability, his, his ability to game plan and execute a game plan as well uh, has been very good. And I think he'll probably Edge this one out.
0: Just looking at the Sherdog play-by-play here for the first fight. Nimkov won the first round, landing jabs uh, and leg kicks. Corey Anderson won the won the second round, got the fight to the ground, put him on his back, landed a lot of elbows. Uh, Nimkov went for an armbar, but uh, he, he kind of got beaten up on the ground, bloodied his nose and busted him up and things like that. So, um, yeah, maybe I'll do that in the rewatch this week over on Patreon because it's from, you know, it's, it's tough to remember all these fights. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's a high-level fight without a shadow of a doubt and it uh, be interesting. Like, if people don't maybe know Saman Romagomedov as well, you know, maybe hear the Romagomedov name and think, oh, he's going to be like Khabib. And he is, you know, he is a little bit, he can wrestle, but he can strike as well. And I don't think... Uh, you know I think you might get your wish of some striking with him and Petricky because uh, he he uh, I don't think he'd be afraid of that you know because he's fighting patricky maybe he will wrestle more heavily but uh, he's a very very well-rounded fighter and that should be a should be a fun fight and a fun card all told the week after then we have the PFL finals which you will talk about next week they're very very fun so keep an eye out for that as well but a, a packed weekend of mixed martial arts next week Invicta Bellator UFC 2-1 championship cards an LFA card uh, Cage Warriors card so a lot to, a lot to digest over next week and a lot to talk about as well um, we will leave it there if you would like to support us and enjoy what we do do patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast or if you go to severe forward slash pints p-i-n-t-s for price of a pint a month you can uh, get loads of extra stuff and you can help us out. The pints... Actually, I was looking... Apparently, Patreon is, like... It, 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 it used to be, like, five fifty with tax and now it's, like, six or five or something it's gone up, like, $0.50. Like, it's not our decision. Fucking Patreon, robbing bastards. But, um... you yeah, know. Anyway, we were... Support us. It's only a $0.50. Cent, sure, you'll be grand. And the price of pints now, in Dublin especially, sure, it's probably cheaper. These fuckers... They put up the price of Heineken, Graham. For fuck's sake.
1: Is there going to be a boycott need to boycott uh, the Heineken probably, probably the best logger in the world anyway huh? bring,
0: bring back Harp I, uh, I described you in the start of this podcast Harp. as the Harp Lager of Irish <laughs> <laughs> so bring back Harp that's what we need that's what we need so uh, right we will uh, we will leave it there thanks everyone for listening patreon.com forward slash SevereMep podcast manscaped.com use the promo code SevereMep twenty percent off and free shipping hit the subscribe button hit the like button follow us on social medias and uh, we'll leave it there with Graham's for the week Graham take it away
1: offer me solutions offer me alternatives and I decline it's the end of the world as we know it and I feel fine
0: and I feel fine what song do I feel like I know that song do I, what is that
1: one 4am it's the That's end we, of the world oh, as we, we know it know. It's awesome. I it's feel fine. fine
0: great song great song right we'll see you all next week let's good luck